Welcome back to Anime is Lit. I'm Danny, and this is part two of our Mob Psycho 100 podcast. So if you missed part one of our discussion, stop now and go back for that one first. This time we'll get into some of the show's philosophy and Twitter Q&A if you were waiting for that. So enjoy the last half of our talk. Here we go. Maybe this can kind of lead into what you want to talk about, Subs. I think one of the main things we didn't touch on as much that is more a part of season one, um, at least explicitly, is that that theme of specialness. Yeah, I think like I I touched on this earlier uh but i guess we'll reiterate it that this idea of everyone is not special which is a mouthful for me to say (laughs) that it's just that that no one is special insofar as they should be sort of uh placed above anyone else in a hierarchy like i think i think that's it right is that Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. the show is saying that while everyone is unique like everyone in in another very deep and true sense is actually equal again in that they they all have this full and deep humanity that deserves dignity and deserves full recognition mm-hmm. on our part um whether or not they have the the psychic powers and mob in some ways from the very beginning kind of is led to feel that through like what he's taught by Reagan, like Reagan is actually a really great uh, advocate for this idea. And then he really, I think of his own choice and volition, like really grasps onto it as like a a truth about the world and, Mm -hmm. and fights for that. And, uh, and really lives that out in a really radical sort of way that I think like, I understand where people are coming from and you guys are coming from when you talk about the show maybe being a little bit naive when it comes to its morality, but I think it's, I, I kind of see it differently. I sort of see it as actually really radical in some of its seemingly simple solutions, but but actually, like, again, just really extreme and really setting out a difficult way to live, <laughs> a way that can be can be quite hard at times. It certainly is a difficult way to live. You're right about that part. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think it takes a lot to it takes a lot of what I don't know, but it certainly takes a lot of effort to live the way that I think the show is saying is the right way to live or just like a good way to live, I guess. It's a pretty deep compassion, I think. It's an incredibly mm-hmm. deep compassion. And I yeah, I don't necessarily I, I don't think that the whole like um, the specialness uh related stuff in the show is necessarily what is particularly naive about it i think that's actually like a like i i love the Mm anti-hierarchical uh i i agree with you that that's a pretty radical thing especially when you think about the fact that one is japanese and lives in japan one of the most hierarchical and ordered societies in the world like um it's it is extremely radical to be like you know uh, against you know like a a a, a, a stratified society mm-hmm. um for whatever reason you know be it you know for actual societal and political reasons or because you have psychic powers <laughs> like it's you know it's it's all you know in service of the same message um but yeah i don't know like far be it from and i don't me. even go ahead oh i was just saying, and i don't even you know now that i'm th- thinking about it I don't even know if the idea of the show is that we're all meant to be like Mob or that he's just sort of like the idealized sort of version 
of what a good human life is yeah morally speaking i think in terms of specialness i like looking at the lyrics from the first op where it says if everyone is not special maybe you can be what you want to be it's more like Mm. if you if you realize that you don't have to become better than other people or like stand out in order to be like them maybe you can just be yourself and like be happy not being special Mm. (laughs) it's like more that's how you find like the good things in life and like happiness rather than like is that morally right to be like mm-hmm. unique yeah like yeah, being once, yourself yeah. rather than like some sort of achievement and like once you stop concerning yourself with deriving happiness from like your i guess sort of domination of others yeah you can focus on trying to find happiness within yourself mm-hmm. like how reagan is just the like like picture of mediocrity (laughs) yeah but um he's only he's at his happiest when he's just being like extremely himself Mm -hmm. and instead of like trying to be better than other people or get more recognition and i think there's gosh i have i have a an idea of what i want to say i hope it makes sense um gonna try to to phrase this half-baked maybe idea mm-hmm. that like uh like reagan is i think sort of exists between between two extremes presented in the show like we have you know mob innocent for a large part of the show who is compassionate radically empathetic totally yeah. giving of of himself like selfless to um, a fault yes and we have like the rest of the adults who are like, you know, wanting to like use up everyone else for their completely for their own benefit. Like they totally objectify everyone and like all people are tools. People are things to like sort of achieve their means to achieve the ends that I, the adult bad person want to achieve. Reagan is kind of between those two and i think there's a really cool part in season one at the end where he uses what he knows about kind of hierarchy and how people are obsessed with that and how people uh, want to use each other to get ahead to he uses that the appeal of that to push other people toward a better way of living to, but like w- the way he gets the claw kids out of the organization by saying things like, you know, if you want to make it big, you have to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Like, or if you, you'll never make it big if you die here, like in this fucking pit with these mm-hmm. losers. Mm-hmm. Like he's like telling them a lie to like push them towards what is ultimately the truth. Right. Yeah. Like, because they don't want to hear the truth that, that sometimes people are just not in a position where they want to hear if they're not ready for it or they're not listening. And so, you know, he uses what appeals to them and their way of living again, to get them out of harm's way and to set them hopefully on a good path to a brighter future. And so it shows that he like cares about them and like, yeah, I just, that character is so unique uh, as an anti-hero because because he lives between those two spaces like he's not innocent like mob he is experienced right he's uh, lost that but but he also has not lost respect 
for the humanity in others. He likes helping people. He yeah. cares about other people genuinely and their futures. Um, despite, you know, being this flawed guy who also still, you know, wants to make a living and does it by uh, conning other people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he may be helping them. Like, he may be actually sending away most of the people that he works with happier. But, you know, he's, again, not really dealing in the truth. So uh, he's just yeah. such a, a fascinating guy. I think so, too. One thing I thought about in our rewatch today was, like, when Reagan confronts Suzuki and they have kind of a comparison moment where, like, you realize that both of them use people, mm-hmm. like, primarily. <laughs> like, Reagan is a con man and he does he does con people for his living <laughs> like he Even also Suzuki is like ah so you too trick people <laughs> yeah he's like that's your that's deal so <laughs> and like it's true if you think like as much as we're like oh but like he really likes mob so it's fine like he does use mob the whole yeah. time <laughs> he's using him like for his job <laughs> and like he's kind of conning mob the whole time too and like well that's his... a question for you do you think it is use if the other person willingly is choosing it yes that I mean, yeah. that's a that's too simple of a question i think because like i mean serizawa also chose to be used yeah in a very like manipulated situation and then right realized he, yeah no he wrong. chose poorly i think right. mob told them right he chose poorly but did mob choose poorly that's a good question mm-hmm. i i don't it's he a- certainly doesn't think he did because like so what he says to he tells Serizawa right like you chose to follow the wrong person like you're hurting people mm-hmm. you're doing violence it's bad but then after after Reagan like for a long time I thought watching the show that mob was totally ignorant mm-hmm. and thought Reagan actually did have spiritual powers so he mm-hmm. bought all the excuses that that he was totally being like he'd bought hook, line, and sinker into Reagan's stuff. But like when he, after the press conference where Re- mm-hmm. Reagan is sort of exonerated, I guess, um, and they have that moment, and Reagan says, Hey, like he's totally vulnerable with Mob for a second. It's like, D- Did you know all along? Oh, yeah. And he mm-hmm. says, Yeah, all along I knew it that my master was a great guy. But like that is sort of masking over the he knows like he knows everything about reagan being a fake psychic and he still chose to stay with him because of like all the good things he did for mob but also mob would leave if reagan did bad things to other people yes yeah i think that is the difference Mm -hmm. there even uh the episode before that one mob has a moment where he's like he even says i can't remember if he says it to his face but he goes like I'm starting to think that all the things you say aren't necessarily true. Yep. <laughs> like, he, he does say it to his yeah. face, yeah. and like, yeah, it was like that episode. Like, Reagan treated him very poorly, and he did leave. And oh, was, he sure did. Yeah, because yeah. like, well, for one thing, Reagan has been kind of slowly teaching him to think for himself in a mm-hmm, way, mm-hmm. even though he's still being caught. <laughs> yeah, like, but he's been teaching him to like make his own decisions to like serve himself in a healthy way and he he turns it right back on him and he's like actually i don't need to do what you're telling me because that's not how i see myself Mm -hmm. and yeah i think that is the clear difference between him and serizawa 
where Sarazar gives I, up all of his all of his I think thinking it also power. Regan taught him too well. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh no, you actually are becoming self reliant. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think Oh, but it, you still want to hang out because we're we're actually <laughs> friends. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Go ahead. No, it's Go fine. Ahead. I, I think it also gets into uh like later on, I think it also gets into uh part of the reason that Mob keeps coming around is because he senses a vulnerability in Reagan without him there. I think yeah. he he yeah. he likes and respects Reagan enough to know that when he's calling Mob for a job, Reagan being a fucking idiot can get himself into a situation that if Mob wasn't there, he could get seriously hurt. Now, that never yeah. happens. Because that's just like the the nature of Reagan's character is that his mm-hmm. luck is just so the lucky. most yeah. comical, <laughs> like fucking uh, reverse Mister Magoo I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> like, just yeah, just the most stupidly lucky character on earth. But also, yeah, I think Mob does know, uh, especially once the acknowledgement's been made that Mob has known, you know. I think there's the implication that Mob is known for at least quite some time, if not the entire time, that Reagan mm-hmm. didn't have powers. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, there is that that knowledge that like, oh god, like if I'm not there to bail M- Master out of this one, then he could get seriously hurt, and then that's going to be on me because I've agreed to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, going off of what you were saying, subs about like, is it? Are you being used if you agree to it? Uh, I would ask what exactly do people think they're agreeing to? Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, I think what people <laughs> that walk into Reagan's office think they're agreeing to is definitely different than what's actually going on, yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, I was only talking about Mob. Yeah, um, well, that's the other case. thing, too, is that I think what Mob agreed to is definitely different than what ended up happening, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the other thing is like, you know, then you start have to, you, you have to start thinking about like, uh, you know, how much is a child that young, you know, how young mob was when he started hanging out with Reagan, like how, how capable is a child like that, uh, of giving consent, mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, you know, morally and ethically and, you know, within the bounds of the law, it's like, you know, different everywhere. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, but, I think we could probably all agree that like, yeah, what mob probably thought he was agreeing to at the time is not at all what he got, but he stuck around because yeah, a, you know, he, he was growing and learning lessons from Reagan. And then eventually, yeah, he started realizing like, Oh shit, if I stop showing up, Reagan is going to get like seriously hurt or in trouble or, you know, whatever other thing, because yeah, it's like, I like that role reversal of like, eventually mob starts being the responsible one in yeah. the situation. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think by the time the show, I think by the time the show starts, mob <laughs> understands, like, I think he gets it. I don't yeah. think he's being suckered mm. in, in any way. So yeah. I think like, and he's free to leave whenever, as, mm-hmm. as we see, like he can just yeah. walk out at any point. So I think, like, I, I think I would question whether or not throughout the show's run, like, it's necessarily fair to say, like, he's being used. I mean, if he's being used, I mean, I don't know. 
I think the show <laughs> might even be saying something about like the way that we interact with each other on a really regular basis most of the time is just to use each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there are moments where it within the show where Reagan does take advantage of Mob's goodwill, but mm-hmm. I don't think that that characterizes the entire nature of their relationship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are definitely moments where Reagan on screen uses Mob, but it's it's you know how much of that is just part of the relationship they have is you know pretty variable and mm-hmm. and you know. Yeah, well, I mean, and he's like, a, you know, when he calls him all the time, eventually, like, Mob will put his foot down, right? Like, yeah, stop this mess. But, like, that, clearly, that's like, I feel like th- that's all relationships. I don't think there's anything special about the way Reagan oversteps the bounds there. Like, I think a lot of people want to characterize a relationship as some sort of, is a sort of child abuse situation. And I just think it's not that. I think it's a pretty sort of more of a universal kind of relationship well the only thing that i would maybe challenge you on there is uh mob's pay yeah i was just thinking that always characterized (laughs) as really dismal uh and i definitely don't really think that uh mob psycho as a show really ever takes a stance on like capitalism and like (laughs) workers rights and like that sort of thing but like well if it's anti-hierarchy i think you could (laughs) You, you, you could, could definitely tie that I'm, together. Yeah, you could certainly make an argument, but like it's really only ever used as like sort of a, a, a sprinkle on top of like the massive cake of Mob and, right. and Reagan's relationship. It's never made like a problem. But like I think me being as concerned with that stuff as I am in my life, like it is kind totally. of shitty that Reagan I mean, if you're, does not yeah. pay him right well. Yeah, when yeah. he if clearly you're, is making money, like yeah. Well, if you're arguing that like all internships are ethically problematic, I'm with you. I just think <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it is. For it's real? just a Ghostbuster internship. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, that is something I want to come back God, to later. Fuck, but... they are Ghostbusters, aren't they? God damn <laughs> yeah, it, they are. That's, fuck uh, off! That's I hear we're, we're taking <laughs> this show is this show is bad now. <laughs> We're taking out the plot summary that we did, and we're replacing it with the phrase uh, "Ghostbusters internship." Uh, that's we're the just title gonna of this say, "Who are you gonna call the anime?" <laughs> yes. Um, I am gonna come back to Reagan and Mob's relationship, but not until after we hit on the like psychic power allegory. We needed to get okay. to that, Do but we don't have to go there just yet. If you had some more to say, subs. Oh, I mean, do we want to talk about like? the show's idea of like goodness yeah because yeah i think think we're we're kind of there we're Mm -hmm. we're talking about like yeah we're kind of talking about like is reagan a good person or not um Mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm. we can kind of take it from there yeah yeah okay okay so this the question about reagan being a good person is i mean it's very like totally fair question and i think trying to figure that out for me like led to me sort of thinking about like what the about the the greater messages of the show Mm -hmm. and i think when we talk about like is someone good um there's a lot of ways to evaluate that like and i think a lot of those frameworks kind of don't suit this show actually to um a lot of those frameworks will loop 
mob into the not good uh, crowd because they're more sort of absolutist than others. Mm-hmm. Like, just to give a quick rundown in, for like traditional kind of ethical theories, um, these are the ones that I think actually don't apply to the show. So you have like divine command theory, which is like pretty rare, I think, in real <laughs> life. Like, where. those uh people that are divine command theorists think like whatever god or you know might not even be the christian god whoever their supreme being is whatever they say is right is right and wrong is wrong even if they said two plus two is five that would be correct and so on and so forth i mean i can think of a few Uh, in my personal life but go ahead (laughs) okay yeah no for sure it's a pretty uh naive i think kind of of ethic uh, then you have uh, some more kind of common modern ones like utilitarianism, which there's a lot of different forms of it, but kind of the baseline mm-hmm. idea would be right that uh, what is good is the act that brings the most, like the greatest net amount of happiness to the most people. Um, I think Mom's like think firmly not that. Yeah. Yeah, n- not at all. I think mob doesn't would sort of see that as dehumanizing like oh these people are happiness sponges like that's not how we should think about people um and then you have like you have like deontological ethics um which are more common uh and they're a pretty modern sort of invention relatively speaking um pretty popular one like emmanuel kant uh kantian ethics and basically, with deontological ethical systems, like you have introduced into the idea of morality this notion of right. Like, pre all that stuff, uh, pre utilitarianism and pre deontological ethics, you have like the Greeks talking about the good. Mm-hmm. And it's not quite right to like equate what like Greek philosophers say is the good with the right. Like, the good is kind of the spectrum thing, right? And and uh, the idea is to like cultivate human flourishing, and the good, again, yeah, is just a sort of moral spectrum that our actions exist on mm-hmm. and are striving to. And deontological ethics would would say things like you know, actions are right or wrong, sort of, and, and you can put things into those two camps you know when and and you have like i don't know the ten commandments maybe would be like the rule of right and wrong kant has a thing that's kind of like the golden rule but subtly different that like the only right action is action that you would will to be universal law um wow (laughs) it's subtly distinct yeah it's subtly distinct from do unto others in in some ways that are not worth going into so it's like a completely Um, objective right yeah very much so um interesting not a lot of wiggle room in in stuff like that it's a tough one but i think i think those kind of frameworks have like a like first philosophy in common that's either like starts with epistemology or metaphysics like and assumes like me the lone subject like what can i know like what is the world like let me see let me figure that out and i think like that is not the first philosophy of of mob psycho 100 Um, yeah it's based on understanding how the entire world works i think like i i the person that i think is a an exponent of what this show is sort of about 
would be this Jewish philosopher and rabbi called uh, Martin Buber, who's an early 20th century uh, philosopher, and he's an existentialist and also a theist. He's Jewish. And his first philosophy, the thing that he takes as a given, is relation. And he says like that there's two sort of primary modes of human experience. Kind of the world of experiencing things, me experiencing objects, and then the world of relations. And the world of me doing things with objects and using things, there's two word pairs to characterize these things. And the world of objects and, and people, uh, he, he sort of denotes that as I, it. And then the world of relation, he denotes as I, thou, or I, you. Mm-hmm. And I think that this show takes relation as given and takes relationships as like this primary and important idea. So mm-hmm. like in I, thou, Buber is all about relation and encounter thinks like real relation is about like reciprocity. It is about, I've mentioned this before, but it's about a humanity recognizing and dignifying another humanity mm-hmm. and existing in kind of a, like a hyper fluctuating present with the other person. And it's a lot of highfalutin language, but as I read it, I start to think like, this is kind of what some of the mo- more transcendent experiences of my life have felt like when I'm in relationship with other people. I agree, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't live in that world all the time. Like, that would be... I think that would be too exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sometimes sort of intentionally click out of that sort of vulnerability and openness. And we, again, live in this, like, objectifying kind of sort of always the past Mm-hmm. world of i it like always kind of data extraction and experience that way like means ends instrumentality mm-hmm. and i think yeah i mean and so i mentioned before reagan living kind of between two worlds i think there's a part of him that is through mob he has kind of started to move towards like genuine relation, like genuine I thou relationships Mm -hmm. um, and being open to that. But I mean, he's not fully there. Yeah. Um, I think he still uses people still thinks about them that way, but oftentimes he doesn't. And I think he wants to, to again, move in that better direction that he, I mean, by the end of the show, you know, he see, he feels a lot of responsibility for mob, but he recognizes him as like, wow, like this, this person is like, is good. (laughs) This is such a good person. And I think that's why that like, you know, and he says like mobs, he, I think he tells the group like mobs greatest strength isn't a psychic power. It's his ability to communicate. It's his ability to tell Mm -hmm. someone exactly how he feels and that can disarm anyone. So it's his like ability to enter into like real genuine relation with other, other people. Mm-hmm. And I think when he says to Suzuki, winning and losing is not the be-all and end-all of relationships. Keyword, mm-hmm. I think. I think he's like suggesting, starting to suggest another way for him to live. And not not in the world of I-it, right? Not in the, the means ends. Yeah. Seeing people as means. Seeing encounters as a matter of winning and losing. 
but to like say hey like there's this other dimension to life and that's how you kind of be a good person um and so this is what i think like after giving it a lot of thought uh what the sort of core doesn't sound very much like an ethic it sounds sort of like a metaphysic but i think it's hard to like separate these things sometimes this is what i think like the yeah uh this is what i think like the the kind of moral the the morality of the show and why why i think like i use words like radical about it because like after reading i thou it's a thing like it changed me and it's the thing I'm trying to apply in my life, but it's really hard yeah. to do. And I think, yeah, this is the suggestion of the show, like that this is a good way to live. This is the the right thing to do is, is bold. And yeah, this is what I think it's doing. And so is Reagan good? Like, I think he's like gesturing towards it. And I think mm-hmm. like we kind of all are Reagan in that <laughs> way we're none of us are mob we're all kind of trying to do our best and move in that way but we're pulled back in um in the i it direction by a myriad things um life is is hard uh so i think reagan is i think mob is right that he's genuinely like deep down he has good intentions I think it's really interesting question asking whether or not Reagan is good because I think you, it forces you to think about how purposeful, like how much is Reagan trying to be good versus how much is just the way he is good. Because to me, Reagan always comes across as a character who just is kind of doing him, him, mm-hmm. you know, like he's always yeah. just doing what he's doing. Uh, and that's just him. Like, there's very little. Uh, there's so many characters in Mob that are trying desperately to do something. Reagan never really seems like he's trying. He just seems like nope. he's. That's just he's just doing everything, and that's just who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. So he's I feel very like authentic. almost. Yeah, he is. He's incredibly well. He's authentic in certain respects, but he's incredibly inauthentic right, right. in his interactions with so many people. But but there is a certain measure of authenticity to that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that is you know as as much an authentic part of his personality and the and who he is as a person than as, as anybody else in the show. But yeah, I think it's interesting that like uh, you know I can't point to a specific moment where I was like, oh yeah, Reagan was really making a conscious choice here. Like it was just like, he's just kind of doing what he does, but what he does happens to be just pure insanity. Most of the time, like just a, 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 a complete like full notch on the stupid bastard meter, like (laughs) with mixed with insane luck and, uh, like the most crazy amount of street smarts anyone could possibly have. Yes. I, I think I, he like, you know, I mean, certainly all that is accurate, but like, I mean, I think he does assert himself at times. We've talked about like when he wants to protect mobs, innocence and yeah. like the episode 11, I think of season one where mob is about to kill someone and yeah. Reagan grabs his face and says no you'll be hurt in the end it's fucking powerful shit it really yeah. got me 
yeah. then uh he gets cut uh seemingly in the back mm-hmm. um and and you can argue i guess that the next episode negates the gravity of that moment but you can't kill Rand, uh-huh. that'd be terrible yeah. Um, <laughs> but but yeah like there's these moments when he does that and then there's moments when that kind of desire on his part to be responsible for mob and help direct him to what he sees as good like ultimately good anyway like whether or not that's bound up with his own self-interest or not which most of the time it is of course Mm -hmm. um like can be it can be bad like the reason he's so shitty to mob uh that time that forces them to to break apart is like he's ultimately i think yes he wants to keep him around and yes like he wants to reap the benefits of actual esper being with him i think there's a part of him that wants to keep him from getting hurt by other people yeah because he's seen him get hurt before and that should definitely you could definitely argue that it's very easy to see that reagan does care about mob because like really the only time he ever demonstrates like true thought out intentionality is when he's doing something in service of trying to help mob that's like And and it's not to say that he doesn't, like, think through actions, but, like, the vast majority of the times that you see, you hear Reagan's internal monologue or you hear him, he see or hear him, like, calculating out a move is when he's trying to help or defend or lecture or do something else that is eventually going to be in service to, you know, protect mob. Mm Mm-hmm. Man, Subs, I really like you kind of explaining that theory because I think where whether we can pinpoint exactly where Reagan falls on that kind of spectrum, I think that the two contrasting ideas, like with the the I it and the I thou, I think that is really just kind of a idea that the whole show sets forth. Just especially on the I thou one being more important than people think it is, mm-hmm. and that that interpersonal thing has a lot more to say about your kind of values and your ideas about morality than sometimes the I it stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, I think like it may, it may sort of sound like to some people that I am bending over backwards to exonerate bad behavior of Reagan. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I think he does some shitty things unquestionably, but I guess I am of a mind, especially like when it comes to fiction. Uh, I think to well, and the real world too at, at times is like judging kind of morality of an individual kind of based on their moral community and their epistemic community so their world and i think the world of mob psycho we have established is fucked up like the <laughs> yeah. adults are so bad they're all terrible <laughs> in fact that you have a guy who actually cares about these kids all the kids right like and yeah. mm-hmm isn't always trying to like get them to use up every bit of their potential for his own power and glorification all of the time like is like like it puts him like way ahead of everyone except for like uh, the kageyama parents (laughs) pretty much (laughs) yeah i was about to say mob's parents are basically the only other adults in that world that are like implicitly good people i really like his parents (laughs) they're cool (laughs) <laughs> They're very good parents, and I can always really appreciate a good pair of anime parents because Living. they, yeah, yeah, 
Like they're rare, a rare breed. <laughs> yeah, for real. I lo- just about his parents really quick. I love how nonchalant they are about the fact that they're both their children have <laughs> insane psychic powers, and they're just like oh, yeah. this again. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, they're just I like they just want them to stop bending spoons all the time yeah. with the dad. I think it's so grounding. He's it's at so that funny. age. <laughs> because yeah. like, I mean, it's like it's just like a cute little snapshot of like if you have extraordinary circumstances in your family or, or just like crazy situations that other people would make a huge deal out of it's kind of really grounding sometimes to just treat it like it's one is so good at that regular. oh my god yeah. also does it seem like they eat enchiladas an awful lot they're like more than anyone rice? i thought it was omar rice oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. anime enchiladas oh uh, shit is this the new oh, uh god. calling onigiri donuts <laughs> it just looked like enchiladas with red I'm sauce. So calling it that from now on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's really fucking funny. Someone Revealing cultural ignorance. It's what I do. Mean. <laughs> it's like the same colors scheme, I think. <laughs> I could Nothing in that show is the right shape. It's <laughs> all blobby. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is completely apropos of nothing, but uh, uh, Kat, uh, my uh, our friend, at least me, Danny and Kay's friend, uh, and uh, star graphic designer of just about <laughs> everything that lo- actually looks good related to Ono anime. Um, she once described the show's ca- uh, aesthetic as sort of like one quarter anime, three quarter. 90s era Klasky Kasupo cartoon. Uh, and when I say Klasky Kasupo cartoon, I mean like uh, Rugrats and All Real Monsters. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I really, especially All Real Monsters really got me because like the design aesthetic of all the evil spirits and like even like the kind of sort of sketchy way the characters are designed is like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't bring that up at least once, even though it was like not at all relating to anything that we're talking about right now like you may not really, believe me but i was talking to someone about our ah, real monsters this very day <laughs> this is this is pure synergy then because That's fantastic. Yeah. we actually got a ah, twitter monsters... question exactly about that not the about not the, <laughs> not the show but um about the 90s aesthetic yeah and whether it was an well, intentional nod i think you're right yeah well i, I are we actually going to be getting to that at some point because i'll i'll save it then if we're getting to it no can we we can you can mention it right now yeah we, we can come back to other twitter questions Do later but the... that was by uh at robot sweater rudy um he just said do you think the style and color schemes dynamic is intentionally reminiscent of 90s era graphics maybe that's just my millennial idealism <laughs> but something about oh, the show yeah. feels oddly nostalgic and i think that's true yeah i think it's true too. yeah i mean i think that factors really really heavily into what i was saying when i was talking about the production about how they're very um uh concertedly trying to buck current trends mm-hmm. um but i i would argue that um the show is a lot less emblematic of like nineties anime. Cause like when I think of nineties anime, I think of like very like lanky tall, like very yeah. Yoshiyuki Sadamoto type of character designs, like lanky tall, uh, drawn out, uh, and, and relatively clean. Um, mob to me represents a lot more of like an eighties design aesthetic. Um, I actually think that there's a lot of, um, 
uh, Katsuhiro Otomo's like Akira designs in the way that Mob has designed its characters. It's a lot more simplistic, but if you ever look at Katsuhiro Otomo's designs, everybody's kind of short. Everybody's kind of stubby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and like I think that contributes to like sort of the like kiddish way that like a, a lot of those characters are designed, and I think Mob kind of does the same thing, but like just more on a surface level. I also think that you know the backgrounds are like I said are all like very like dirty. They're very mm-hmm. lived in. Uh, they're very scratchy and and realistic. Like you know the city in Mob looks the way a city looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like most anime from nowadays where like everything is just like pristine white yeah. and the streets all look like you can eat off of them. And like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like the, the, the Japan presented in most anime nowadays is like such a, like ridiculously like sanitized. I, it's like one of my biggest gripes, honestly, with modern anime is that more people are not more productions are not uh, like brave enough to basically like make you know modern Japan look the way it does, which is like everywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. every other first world country. Like it's Japan's a very clean country, but you know Tokyo, especially in like most big cities, Osaka, like they all like they all have areas that just look like shit. Like every city has them, and mm-hmm. we all go through them to get from point A to point B. Some of us live in them. Like it's mm-hmm. just you know. Every area, every anim, like uh, every city has a shitty industrial area that nobody likes to go through, and like mm-hmm. every like you know, there's plenty of cities around the globe that have like a shitty downtown that nobody goes to after five p.m. <laughs> like yeah, it's it's you know, and the mob is really like you know, harkening back to like the '80s style of like really almost playing up flaws in the design, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously it's like yeah, it is. But but to answer the question, it is absolutely a conscious decision. Like it's confirmed yeah. that it's a conscious decision. But yeah, I, I'd say it represents all the nostalgic parts of the show represent more eighties than nineties, because nineties is when anime started to shift away from sort of the like hyper violence and, and sort of crime focused stuff to more um you know, fantasy and sci-fi and Mm -hmm. like, you know, imaginative sci-fi and like more aspirational stuff sort of laying the frameworks, the uh, groundworks for what the stuff that we see today in anime. I agree. I think there's also something that from our perspective looks a little bit familiar to like Western cartoons of the Mm nineties. I think that might be also, I mean, maybe that's what this person means. Um, maybe that's what this person is referencing, but, uh, yeah, it definitely takes a big page out of like what western animation looked like in the 90s. Maybe not mm-hmm. like western film animation, but certainly like children's animation that was on TV yeah. in the 90s yeah. like That's kind of what I see. Very mm-hmm. much looks like mob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I remember you mentioning earlier subs that you had a uh hot take regarding the ending that mm-hmm. I would really like to hear. Because mm-hmm. I watched it again today, the last episode, and was like, I don't know. Like, I I, I was struggling to find what anybody could have a hot take about, so I would, <laughs> I'm would, i excited to hear it. Nah. Okay. Um, I think you guys have heard me talk about we did our Devilman Crybaby pod. The idea of, like, how Devilman kind of approached, I think, like, might makes right in a mm-hmm. refreshingly good sort of way. A lot of shonen. So I mentioned this 
when we talked about shonen and how the show is like and is not like a lot of shonen and i think mm-hmm. the show kind of is share, shares that in a kind of uh foundational way the same spirit as a lot of shonen um and i hate to bring up this show but um it's the one that comes to mind uh roni kenshin oh, like boy. kenshin in the show has this philosophy of peace right and he proves it that it is correct by beating the shit out of all his opponents (laughs) yeah until (laughs) they're like ah yes i am beaten peace is the correct way right (laughs) yeah and in some ways i want to ask like how is this different from mob psycho and what i mean by that is like it seems in the in the end, the way the ending turned out, that you could argue that it is also this results based thing that like he empathies everyone into submission. Um, that like empathy and compassion and humaneness are shown to be correct because ultimately everyone does come around to that way of thinking. Those ideas overpower them. And I think the show's message would have been actually stronger in some ways if Suzuki died. Um, if Mob was like, yeah, there are some people that I just can't save no matter what my power is. And that doesn't negate the correctness of what I'm saying. Like yeah. that, that he is beyond saving and that he dies and goes away doesn't invalidate kind of mobs moral philosophy it doesn't make it not correct just because the result Mm. didn't you know that that someone didn't come around because not everyone is going to accept the truth right in in life no matter how like brazenly obvious it might be or or, or not um results don't determine i think what's true and i think you could make an argument based on the way the show kind of goes and and maybe the counter argument is with Mogami, but, but I think it would have been stronger to do something like that at the end, like come to a kind of crescendo in that way. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, the show is open to this critique that it reinforces this sort of message of like what's correct, you know, the results based thinking about morals. Let me mm-hmm. let me ask you this: Do you think it would have his death would have s- served what you're saying more if Mob had killed him, or do you think that it would have been more similar to what we got, which is, you know, Mob essentially realizes that he's powerless to convince this man or empathize him into submission, as, as you said. And essentially waits with him there, and instead of him surviving the explosion miraculously, he dies and Mob survives. Which of those two options do you think would would serve your point more? Well, because to me, I the whole oh, reason ahead. I bring go this ahead. up is because to me, the ending where Mob kills him is a hell of a lot more of a different uh, thing to deal with now than Mob basically giving up and then him dying not mm. necessarily directly due to mobs you know 
intervention. I think it would have. I I think both are interesting. I have actually not thought about this at all, but like just kind of off the top of the dome. I think in some ways the radicalness of what the show, at least in my reading of it, is asking of people would have been served if everything happened uh, as it did except for mob and suzuki die Mm. so Mm -hmm. so yeah well yeah and that's the other thing is like uh the end of season two is not the end of the manga is that really oh i thought it was over is there more i i i don't know i don't know i always assumed that there was more manga but but i don't know i i it seems like it because when there, somebody comes to take Suzuki away, and they're like, "Oh yeah, another one." <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Who are like they? The, uh, oh wow, that? that's yeah, a the, great uh, point. Those that's a character that that shows yeah. up actually yeah. earlier. He's a Esper that works for the military or yeah. the government yeah. or something like that. Oh, okay, so there are yeah. He's one yeah, of like that's two like, underdeveloped characters. Yeah, yeah okay. well, yeah, and that's a that's a, a whole thing that they don't go into that they leave open is holy shit the government has had like covert esper operatives Mm -hmm. working for them this entire time and he was undercover in claw which is cool that they don't go into it that gives me so much hope that they might do something with subomi Mm -hmm. gosh yeah Yeah. like a waste if this is it for her i think well i think there just wasn't time for her i think that it is implied that there is a lot more depth to subomi but like we don't follow any of the characters who are around her so i was kind of not as dissatisfied with it because like there was more it was more implied that she had her own story we just didn't get to see it yeah yeah but i do i do and i feel terrible that i am woefully under-researched because i am not a manga reader um for obvious i mean not for obvious reasons i just i think if i had the choice between experiencing it in one's original art style and what bones has done with it i would that's not even a well yeah and it's like it's like you know would you choose to read the original one punch man comic or fucking yusuke murata's version of it like Mm -hmm. it's 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 a no-brainer but uh uh again not to shit on one because i i do genuinely (laughs) like his art and his writing i think he's Mm -hmm. a, a remarkable dude but you know it's a to me it's a no-brainer but yeah it's i i do not think that that is the end of the manga i think it is technically still ongoing as far as i know it's amazing so i think you've made me so are you i can understand being frustrated with the fact that uh like mob's idea is successful every time basically oh no 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 i i'm just interrupting you say it concluded uh uh publication in uh, december 22nd 2017 but i do not know if that means that all of the available material has been adapted Uh, okay okay that just means that it is technically over okay anyways yeah like subs would your point be served about as well if there was just another story arc where mob's idea just didn't like like did fail to convert somebody yeah i think so i I think i agree with that i i think that that's right and i i don't think like i I think what the show is trying to say still like comes through very clearly and is very Mm -hmm. affecting and and profound but i think the fact that it 
is always successful kind of leaves the ideas with this feeling that oh well here's something theoretical that's nice yeah mm-hmm. i think it is a little bit simplistic in that aspect and i agree i think it would be i think there might not have been time in the story that we got but i think it would have really rounded out a lot of mob's perspective to have that too yeah and like i said i mean you could you could make a, a counter argument re mogami um but i think mogami yeah. mm-hmm. sort of serves a very specific purpose in in my reading of of the show and it would have been stronger to fail against someone like suzuki where the the stakes for the world and all of the friends are so incredibly high i agree and i think they could have gone farther with that personally the way the series hit me like i kind of got a little bit of that message like where like the thing mob says right before he sits down with him is that he like basically implies that he doesn't think he can win and that he doesn't think his philosophy works. He's like, he's like, I, I get now that I can't convince you, but like, even though I know I can't stop you, this is so what I'm going to do because this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I kind of got that sense, but it was very quick mm-hmm. and it like, it wasn't explored very much. I think that, I think it was communicated that mob would have made the same choice knowing one way or the other. I've done some cursory research. Uh, I think for all intents and purposes, I don't know. It's it's hard to say <laughs> whether or not there's any more to be adapted because apparently season two adapted uh, through uh, chapter 91, and I think the manga ended in chapter 101, which is very okay. fitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so... I don't know. I mean, maybe like that's the, you know, the Blu-ray OVA a movie. might touch on some of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, a movie sure would be nice. That'd be good. Yeah. I like, <laughs> I feel like a Mob Psycho movie would like pierce the veil of the universe. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. I think you're right. I think it would. Yeah. Just the, the, the pure like amount of like time and money that would be afforded to a production that is already just like so out of the realm of. Uh, of most in terms of quality i yeah i I just like i feel like i would watch like five minutes of it and then just like turn into lcl (laughs) (laughs) amazing okay one last topic i want to hit as kind of our final oh no did i miss like bunch of oh oh final thematic Yeah. yeah yeah um i wanted to hit on the basically the idea of psychic powers being kind of an allegory we talked a little bit about uh, emotions and psychic powers being kind of a metaphor for that, um, especially with the percentage and stuff. But I kind of wanted to get a little bit deeper into that. I know I definitely did bring up uh, at least the idea of psychic powers as an allegory for like uh, social power mm-hmm. and uh-huh. also sometimes like political power. Um, I definitely think suzuki's whole use of uh psychic power can definitely be uh in some cases interpreted as an allegory for political power considering how he runs a massive organization and at one point literally gives other people powers with his own power yep uh so (laughs) yeah suzuki in some ways i kind of see him as like a collection of the uh, flaws of a bunch of the characters like the flaws of of ritsu and teru originally and reagan like sort of pushed to their logical extreme yeah Um, especially teru 
yeah the like <laughs> being being the one that matters right like being the protagonist of this world yeah. in a way that is not the sort of healthy way that mob comes to to view it later and then how kind of uh ritsu discovers himself in some ways by like just throwing away this ideal student thing that he felt was pushed on him to kind of watch the world burn and how he felt like this is freeing psychic powers and this like make me free and suzuki was like i'm freer than anyone else like me you and me mob mm-hmm. we're the freest because we have yeah. the power um mm-hmm. and and he's kind of the antithesis of like you know if you buy into the the martin buber kind of stuff that that i'm reading into the show like buber is very much like a thing i i forgot to touch on when i talked about it uh earlier is that like he believes that like one of the reasons to seek out uh or respond to because you kind of can't manufacture them to respond to i thou moments and situations is because like human beings only grow with each other that mm-hmm. relations are the the way we experience all the transcendent moments and spiritual growth in our lives is is with other people and not in ourselves and suzuki explicitly says like i don't need bonds you know you say i lack them but i'm complete on my own mm-hmm. so like the total polar opposite idea um is clashing with with mob uh here at the end yeah really kind of also embodies the uh like protagonist of my own life thing because i think he literally at one point says like um if i'm essentially like you know he his entire philosophy is the 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 purest form of might makes right in the sense that if i'm wrong why has nobody been able to challenge me yet Mm -hmm. yeah you know like why why is nobody taking me down? Why am I the most powerful Esper on Earth? Clearly, I am the protagonist on, of this story because nobody is powerful enough to challenge me because that's all he cares about is mm-hmm. power. I know um, that doesn't factor necessarily super much into what psychic power is <laughs> an allegory for. <laughs> but right, sorry. You well, know, that's you okay. just to got me of, tangenting about Suzuki. It's okay. To kind of bring it around... Um, I guess more concretely, like, especially in the beginning where the um, the 100% thing is kind of more of a new idea and it matters a little bit more. When I was rewatching it, I liked watching it and trying to see, like, when the meter went up. And yeah. if you if you track it, it's like it is varying degrees of, especially in the beginning, mobs like emotional repression. Yeah. And then once it gets to yeah. 100%, it explodes and it all comes out. And there are a couple times where it like labels specifically what emotion is being built up. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, like the fight with Teru, it's not anger, it's sadness. Like, yeah. It's mm. like the color is blue and it says sadness and he just cries at the end of that fight. Gratitude for his master. <laughs> yeah. That was the best and, yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, there was like, it wasn't always, I thought it was interesting that it wasn't always anger that fueled his like mm-hmm. emotional outbursts. I liked looking at a lot, even multiple people's psychic powers like even um suzuki he he mentions that his powers come out the most when he's under a lot of stress Mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. and i think it is him who mentions that negative emotions are more powerful quote-unquote as in terms of like psychic output yeah than positive ones mogami mogami yeah yeah yeah. that was mogami yeah that's why i'm so so powerful because literally every bad thing has happened to me Yeah. yeah and so 
And I like, personally, when I'm looking at that, I can see it as an allegory for, like, I think the important part is, like, the 100% thing where Mob gets taken over by his powers mm. and where, like, basically is his powers. And that's, like, like you were saying, Mark, that psychic entity is, like, is a thing inside of him that comes out that he doesn't control. Yeah. And I think, at least from my perspective, the psychic powers become about whether you are in control of your emotions or your emotions are in control of your actions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. In how you interact with other people. What do you And how about? sometimes yeah. when your emotions overcome you, it does truly feel like you are a different person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. There's like a sort of a dissociative uh, effect right. when those emotions boil over it. You don't feel not only do you not feel like yourself, but if it gets bad enough, sometimes like you can have like like mob does like no recollection yep. of your actions yeah. yeah yeah and i think the mob mob's line about um making sure that you're the one who's making your choices is not just about making sure that you're not being manipulated by other people mm-hmm. it's also about making sure that you are like making your own choices based on reality and not on being overtaken yeah yeah and like when he's struggling to control his powers it's not just like am i hurting like, am I using this for violence or not? Mm-hmm. It's like, am I making the decisions when I'm yeah. using this power? I think it's also um, really interesting that uh, a lot of the time the show sort of goes out of its way, uh, at least in some episodes, it goes out of its way to show that it's not just like psychic related stuff that contributes to mobs percentage rising. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think there are multiple parts in the show, especially I think in the second season where they sort of go more into like how stressful mobs like school life is mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and how shitty some of the students are to him mm-hmm. of showing stressful situations happening to him at school and in everyday life and his percentage going up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think at one point even there's, I think uh, towards the, it, it's either the, towards the end of the first season or like, uh, whenever Shinichiro Miki's character first shows up, I can't remember what exactly his name is, but like the dude who like has the like spiral rings around his arms that just like punches oh, yeah. the shit out of Mob in an alley for like five minutes. I think there's literally a moment in that show where, or in that episode where Ritsu goes, "Oh God, this isn't good." Uh, like too much stress, and mm-hmm. and Nichan will explode or something like that. Like it yeah. basically explicitly states that like stress is the trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. he's been so afraid of that because <laughs> so stress is an emotional trigger yeah. it's more of an emotional trigger than like basically anything else did that guy at the end decide to open up a ramen shop he did he <laughs> said now that I don't have scars anymore I can open up a ramen yeah. shop so good. Yeah. and uh, what's his name is uh, the one of the two Hoseyan characters. Yeah, in the, the show. other Hoseyan. Yeah, uh, yeah. The sword sword guy is like you. You you might want to get rid of all those piercings first. He still has like. Five, You're not cut out like, for the service piercings. industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, the other guy has a has a. He used to be like the leader of that section of Claw, and he's like, yeah, I'm interview. I'm interviewing at a convenience store next week. Yeah. Like, Man, that's maybe that's the good. most depressing character arc of anybody in this yeah. show. <laughs> really. <laughs> Yeah. I <laughs> man that character. Um, I like <laughs> that character even plays in when um 
the episode where Reagan is uh, telling off all of the adult villains. Oh my god! And he's like, oh, "Well, god, the reason so I'm acting like this is because of all the stress I was under from all my trauma." Like mm. he, he had a horrible life, and he explained his horrible life, and then Reagan's like, "Oh, I totally know how you feel." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one time, I forgot my lunch at school. <laughs> yeah. The guy's like, "What?" <laughs> it's not the same. I think at he all. literally. I think he's like, I'm saying this in order to convey to you the fact that we are brothers or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah, I like, as like kind of a final point on that, I think all of the, the psychic power and the letting loose and the not being in control, I think it all kind of culminates with Suzuki because at the end he admits that he's not in control of his powers anymore, that they are just going to explode and they're going crazy. Yeah, and he like isn't willing to... Uh... Yeah, and he he's like, oh, I can't figure out how to stop it. So well, like, he, you're gonna yeah, have to. Yeah, he fix has a line that's me. like, you brought out these, like, the destructive. Oh, yeah, I wrote that one down. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you brought out these yeah. destructive impulses in me, and now you have to deal with them. Okay, that line he he says that line while he is beating up Mop. Like he's yeah, Mop. like Just that that one him. hit me so yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah, because he he goes, he's like, you awoke these destructive impulses in me, and now you have to deal with the consequences. Yeah, while he is beating a child. Yep. Yeah, and like it's victim victim blaming. And yep. he has just been shown actually beating up his own son. Yep. So like, yeah, just uh, yeah, psychic powers. Yeah, as a like as an allegory for like emotions that get out of hand in the extreme, and also mm-hmm. like people blaming their actions on their emotions. Yes. And claiming that they like had to act that way. Yeah. Or like had no other choice, or that if people give them those emotions, then they have to act on them. Yep. Honestly, that. Like, we joke about Mob being great about, like, kind of setting aside toxic masculinity. Honestly, that embodies toxic masculinity in my yeah. mind. That, like, excusing yeah. things based on emotion. Mm-hmm. Especially violence. Especially, like, hurting other people based on, like, well, this made me feel this emotion, so now I get to lash out. Yeah. Not responsible for it anymore, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mob is, like, that show time and time again is like no you are always responsible for what you do yeah and your job is to be in control of mm-hmm. the way you behave and like that is such a powerful like message against that kind of toxicity i just really appreciate that about mm-hmm. mob psycho me too well and it's it's uh it's a very thin line right like it's especially when you have that type of power that could very easily be used to to against <clears throat> other people like it's very easy to make excuses uh, and maybe that sort of factors into like, you know, the show's notion of like what a good person is. It's like maybe the, mm-hmm. you know, a good person in this world is the type of person that can resist those urges to make an excuse that would maybe make their life easier, but would hurt others in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think the show actually goes farther than that and maybe somewhat questionably and, and says like the ideally good person like is willing to be harmed in order to help other people, which is yeah. never a thing I would tell anyone else is right mm-hmm. or that they should do that. But yeah. mob is very much willing to suffer to show other people the better path, right. To, to help yeah. them. Yeah. I think yeah. It does. And I'll, I'll, you know, a lot of people tell him not to do that in the show yeah. too, yeah. but it's, I guess you really would have to like dig into like who exactly is telling him that. Yeah, it's weird. It's conflicting because there like definitely are some aspects of the show that are, like seem to be referencing like self care and its importance, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then 
others that are like, no, actually, like maybe your self care should take a backseat to helping other people or like at least putting your ass on the line for other people. It's hard when it does have to follow a hero storyline and that he yeah. does have to defeat the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, and like heroes have kind to make of sacrifices after. for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like literally the definition of heroism. Mm. And also if yeah. you're like sort of <laughs> tracking mob as the moral compass of the show, like or not, yeah. you know, you could yeah. view it in different different ways. Yeah. I hadn't thought as much about whether mob or Reagan is more of the moral compass of the show. And I think I think the answer lies somewhere in between them, but I hadn't thought about how much and this is kind of making me rethink that like i thought of william blake and my wife actually is deserves credit for this because she was she's long since gone to bed so she can't speak about this unfortunately (laughs) but yeah i mean she was immediately like well this is you know the lamb and the tiger this is the the songs of of innocence and experience and how they are both part of the world and they both both kind of need each other in in a lot of ways and 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 yeah mob is that innocence like you said to a fault and reagan is more world weary and the kind of experience side and has that inclination to protect mob and his innocence but he can't do it forever mob has to lose it and go forward and and grow and become like a fuller like the fullest kind of version of himself on that note with reagan coming back oh, to God. coming back Is to whether he's a good person time? or whether he no no actually before okay, before we get to that <laughs> thank uh, god <laughs> before we, oh, yeah, before we derail completely psychic powers um. no i so i i even saw some people yeah that question about whether mob knew all along that reagan had no psychic powers or like does <laughs> even saw some people being like does reagan actually have some kind of power um <laughs> man i thought he did for so long <laughs> i i, I, I certainly thought he, thought he did in the last episode until they explained what actually happened yeah yeah I um, I think like because initially Reagan just makes that throwaway promise to become his master, um, and he says like I'll teach you how to use your psychic powers. Mm-hmm. Right. But like if you think about it, like he doesn't have powers and he did lie about that. But like, he did teach Mob how to use his powers in yeah. a way. Yeah. And like he is actually his master because, like, he teaches Mob how to regulate his emotions in some situations, and that is equivalent to learning how to regulate his psychic powers in a way so like in a way he kind of does teach mob how to use his powers <laughs> he gave him that his first kind of set of really basic moral principles regarding psychic mm-hmm. powers yeah you know? and he does continue like ah there's an episode we never mentioned that where like it's kind of brief and it's mostly for a yag but um mob gets like tricked into a scam with that oh vase. yeah yeah and Reagan comes and rescues him, and he like cons his way out of the con. And, yeah. Did you so I, you did you experience that as like a gag? Because like that one, I I felt like intensely about it. Like, really? I don't I, know. I had some feelings it, about it too. Like, I mean, just seeing seeing adults prey on a kid like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it just it fucking got wait, me in wait. my core. Like it really hurt me. I'm sorry. Are we talking about the thing with the vase? Yeah. 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 Okay. Good. Good. I'm really, I'm really glad that you brought this up because, uh, this is a perfect illustration of, um, how most of the time when, uh, like it's, it's weird how Reagan, uh, never really, um, consciously switches his morality when he's dealing like person to person, except obviously for mob. But, 
um, you know, he's a con man and we're never in the show. I don't think really taught to root for him when he's like conning explicitly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because the entire way that everybody gets out of that situation, the ones that we're rooting for is Reagan comes in and cons the shit out of two con men. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I thought it was really funny because like I never once in probably any other part of that show rooted for Reagan to like succeed with a con, uh, except for that moment when two shittier con men showed up <laughs> yeah. and then I was like, yeah, all right. Like I was like, <laughs> as soon as he showed up, cause I completely forgot about that scene and I, I forgot how it resolved. And as soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, these people are fucked. I cannot wait to see how, how badly they get like messed up out of this. Yeah. yeah. Your powers for good. Yeah, I think it was interesting because he brought he just de-escalated the situation like he brought it back to neutral where mob could just yep. leave yeah. and like he didn't actually take anything from those guys. He was mm-hmm. just like, no, this isn't happening. No, yeah. yeah. So I think Told that, that's just kind of how. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of how Reagan uses his tactics. And like, yeah, I know he I know he conning is bad. <laughs> like we never are supposed to root for him. But like that one episode where. He goes to help the uh, the farmer, yeah. And the farmer's like, "Well, I can't pay you, but like, he just has him give him vegetables instead." So like, he yeah. doesn't he doesn't like ring people beyond what they can handle. Yeah, he does have some weird kind of moral code. He does, yeah. <laughs> Where he like respects people, even though he takes advantage of them on some level. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, even when he is conning people out of their money because they like don't actually need an exorcist's help. He's almost always providing some kind of service. He is, yeah. Yeah. Even if it's to like... To address their problem. <laughs> yeah, to address... Even if it's like Photoshop or a massage. A massage, yeah. <laughs> My, I honestly think he should open up a massage parlor. He's, He's a he great really massage should. artist. Yeah. He really should. This, yeah, that's like, like a um, kind of like a, the, the, a lot of like micro kind of incidents that... A different context than what I mentioned earlier about how he essentially conned all those claw kids out of the dangerous situation and put them on mm-hmm. the road to help better themselves. Like he's sort of doing that all the time. And I don't know, maybe it's the same kind of deal of like, these people are not ready to hear the truth. They're not, they don't want to hear like, there's no such thing as ghosts and spirits. So I'll just right. like fix their problem. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got to eat too. So I'll take your money. <laughs> I think you're right. I hadn't thought about it that way. Well, speaking of Reagan, <laughs> God, he's not always that way. He he makes bad decisions and fucks himself over. But he does. And speaking of bad decisions, speaking <laughs> of bad decisions. So the reason that we're all actually here recording this podcast. Well, we did get a Twitter question. We did get a Twitter fair. question about it. This isn't oh, what yeah. we designed this podcast around, but it was inevitable. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. Can you, uh, Can you, do you want to read it? Okay, this is from Allison at Meowth900. It says, why do people think Reagan is an internet sex symbol? <laughs> Mark, I, know, I think you had some feelings about this. Yeah, I have. Answers. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, didn't I feel this, like... Didn't this quote stem from an Anime News Network article? It, it stemmed from an article of some kind. I'm Did just really? going to Google internet sex symbol Yeah, Reagan. I'm pretty dang sure I follow the person yeah. who... So, like, I internet... thought this was, like, a huge joke. Like, I have no idea to, like, what this is referring to or how serious it is. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, um... I've I been on the internet. Like I can tell a... you it's pretty serious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And I, but I do feel like that there is a certain like element of like sort of performative tongue in cheek in it as there is with yes. many things uh, online. You know, every, <laughs> yes. Everything. Yes. Ev- many things 
by that do you mean everything pretty much yes i feel like with this one it keeps looping around and getting serious again and then everyone's like wait no this is a joke and then it loops around again and it's very distressing to yeah. watch. Well, huh. I think that, yeah, I think that a lot of people have to keep that plausible deniability because Reagan <laughs> is a fucking scumbag. And, like, How he, he, he is, look, I, I mean, he's, the classic, he's, a, I love he is an incredibly, mind. he's an incredibly lovable scumbag, but yes. Reagan mm-hmm. is a scumbag. Like, he's a fucking con artist. Like, that's, like, the definition of a scumbag. Like, he's a very like morally interesting and sometimes very good and positive scumbag but he still is doesn't that like, mean you're not a scumbag is it a scumbag nah, like a like a nope. sort of totalizing term nah, he's dude I'm, I'm talking like archetypically now he's an I, okay okay scumbag. yeah all right that's true. Okay. i'm yeah, with you like he, in the literary categories like yes he goes under yeah, scumbag. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes yeah the little the, the literary archetype of scumbag which is i'm sure in there's many like a style picture of him out there there yeah he's a he's um, a trash man if you will yeah I, I don't have too many opinions on this uh like in terms of like you know like if i find reagan sexy or not because i'm attracted to mostly women and the type of men that i'm attracted to are like (laughs) you could not get more polar opposite than reagan if you (laughs) fucking tried but um the thing that i've noticed about internet sex symbol reagan arataka is (laughs) please say it as (laughs) at least in my experience and i you know i i'm not saying this as a, a a weird flex but okay or a boast but uh i follow a ton of um queer folks on twitter and the vast majority if not all the people i see talking about reagan in respect to his status as internet sex symbol are straight women almost entirely i don't think i've ever seen anybody Mm. that's not uh, that i follow that at least that's not a straight woman uh be sexually attracted in any way to reagan but that's also I understand a generalization and also extremely personal based on my own Twitter experiences, but I am, as they say, chronically online. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, I'd like to hear everybody else's uh, opinions. Cause I don't really have any, like, I feel like I, w- I would be both disingenuous and like incredibly uh, like unwelcome in my giving my opinion on like why he's a sex symbol. Cause like, like I don't have a horse in this race either way. First of all, I found the uh, Anime News Network article yeah, that so, mentions it. Yep. it. It's I don't know if this is the first one that mentioned it on ANN, but it's uh, it was just an episode review of the second season of Mob Psycho. The first three episodes, it just mentions that most importantly, scumbag con artist and internet sex symbol Reagan is back in business. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I'm pretty that they sure specifically there was an, used the word scumbag. Scumbag. Yeah, yeah, there was this. This was absolutely used in articles on ANN, and it kind of went viral and. It even made it to Japan fandom Twitter. Like I yep. saw fan art of like of, of, <laughs> of Reagan, Reagan finding, finding out he out. was a sex symbol. Yeah, anyway. they know. <laughs> also, secondly, Mark, I just want to say this must mean I've been very careful about what I retweet on my Twitter <laughs> for what uh, you've seen oh, oh. <laughs> for Reagan Thirst. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think also to be fair, and this is not like a call out post or anything, but uh, I follow Lisa Wallen on Twitter, and oh, she. Man is the horniest person I've ever seen be online for any <laughs> she sure character. is she and I sure love I love her for it I can respect the hustle but I think her <laughs> handle was literally like Reagan please sit on my face for at least like a week or two I, it's an it's so. back to being a Reagan one again yeah she yeah uh, 
Reagan is her husband, and like I can get it. I mean, I don't get it, but uh, yeah. okay. I'm like, go on. No, I'm like, I don't identify as a Reagan fucker. No, <laughs> I won't say I haven't participated in the culture. In the culture. The, in the culture. I, that I also stand there. Okay, <laughs> listen. If we're gonna talk about this, we have to talk about the fact that. No one is hornier for Reagan Arataka than the Bones staff yeah, <laughs> animating him because let me tell you, he does not look like that in the manga. <laughs> nope, that's true. Well, but nobody <laughs> looks like they. They're like I said, like I was said when I was talking about the character designs. Like they're all, they're all. Uh, let's just say touched up for for animation. <laughs> like, yes, but there is a specific type of lingering like gaze that they put on reagan in the way yeah. that he dresses yeah. and the even the, the way, way that he, he dresses and undresses and himself and like they like yeah. there are ass shots there are yeah. like like they they've used the full extent of like this is a man in a suit thing do you mean just in the comics no, no i mean in the anime like okay. in the anime yeah i don't know if this this fact does not come across if you are not a person who is actually attracted to men but like it's like you know how no, you see I, fan I service absolutely characters? see what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, cool, what did you cool, there's cool. there's a certain there's a certain like horny dad energy yes. that yeah, he for sure. exudes with the the there is I could definitely see like if you have a suit fetish, you would be just fucking Niagara Falls over, <laughs> uh, over like, It is definitely I not can in get that direction. That part. Mm-hmm. It's like why <laughs> you can't convince me that he dresses this nice, <laughs> but like he but does like that's somehow. the thing is like he still looks like a greasy idiot most of the yeah, time. Like, that I, he I actually like... he actually takes away from the suit he's wearing. <laughs> yeah, like the suit. Yeah, the suit is like the set dressing on the just again scumbag. Like yeah. he's you know I, I I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing to dissect because this is. I usually can see it. Like, I usually can understand it. I can see it objectively. This one just, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I, and I, I think for me, more... honestly, like for most people, it's probably, I, I, like at least in my experience being online, it's it's like, uh, weirdly enough, like outside of the like suit fetishism and the weird like horny way that they animate him, like <laughs> spinning and putting on his suit jacket. And, like the uh, stuff he does with his hands. Like, yeah, yeah the, stuff, the jutsus he does, uh, the Naruto summoning jutsus. The I think a lot of it uh, could be his personality too. Like I think people yeah. just like a good old fashioned scumbag, like a good okay. old fashioned know it all. He the the reason he's successful is his charisma. Like that's his number yeah. one personality trait. Is that that's what makes Charmer. him an artist? And like exactly. lots of people fall for charismatic people. Mm-hmm. Also, in in Reagan's favor. He is voiced by Takahiro Sakurai. That yeah. is true. And yeah, <laughs> talk about like people horny for scumbags. This is the same man who voiced Rohan Kishibe. So yep. yeah, <laughs> he voices a lot of hot dudes. Yes, but it's weird because this is yes, also sucks. the man that brought a level of humanity and pathos to Rohan Kishibe that maybe that character has never seen before <laughs> and maybe never will see since. <laughs> It is undeniable that the version of Rohan Kishibe that appears in the part four anime is by far the most likable version of that character. Yeah. That, he is yeah a, I think that might be he is a He's, oh, I love him as a savior. Unfuckable, hateable prick <laughs> in everything but the anime. <laughs> Including the video games. 
<laughs> yeah, there is. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Takahiro Sakurai factor should not be like that's like X in this equation. Yeah, it like, really is. <laughs> it honestly is. What are y'all? Do- but oh yeah, the other thing might be the massage thing. That might uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you know what? Also, this is this is like maybe digging too far into it but it's interesting that you say that it that it is a lot of straight women who are horny or like at least women who love men who are horny for reagan because i can kind of see that in terms of like like not that he's not masculine but it's like he's like safe yeah (laughs) yeah he's an unthreatening character yep it's a really good he's an unthreatening character with charisma which is rare like yeah. he he'll charm the pants off you, but you'll want it to happen. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. And also like, like, you'll feel he, safe with it happening. And he, you know, that like boundaries still exist. Yeah. And he's uh, like an okay dude at heart. And also if it came down to it, you could totally fight him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But I do think, you know, just in my experience, cause like it, it does like, you know, not to overgeneralize, but it is a type online that i've seen and like mm-hmm. you know he is a very devastating combination of a couple things he's a guy in a suit who is animated really well in a suit he's very good with his hands because the whole <laughs> massage thing uh he's strong but not too strong yeah he, he's he whips ass multiple times in the series but not so much so that he's like a fighter and he's he's just like he's 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 attractive enough without seeing inaccessible mm-hmm. And he's good with his hands, and he's capable, and he's charismatic. Like he's that also, is a um, devastating. Yeah. We forgot he's... the very most important thing, and that is morosexuals. Yeah, that's true. We You're right. Discount all that of that too. <laughs> this is the real. We've we've hit on that's it. The this the is real it. Answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah that we finally we got the nugget of gold now. Yeah. <laughs> he's also like um, an underdog, which yeah, yeah. I think is important because he's you know always feels like they're about to go broke, and. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the fact that you know he what he's doing are, are con jobs. Like I, you kind of uh, root for him because he's him and, and Mob are attached. With kids. Yeah. There yeah. you go. That's true. That's a also, that's a huge one. Oh no. <laughs> what? <laughs> We've just found so many good points in his favor now. <laughs> also, like I think some I mean, people I'm just him. find him. <laughs> yeah. I think. Some people granted, I think him. most of these are not him trying to do this. I think no. he stumbled across all of these by accident. Again, moron. <laughs> yeah, and like some yeah. lots of people find him very relatable because like sometimes you are just like a burger eating mess. <laughs> sometimes that's just how people be. I think it is also a weird, like an oddly millennial trend to be into like extremely mediocre, mediocre people, people. <laughs> <laughs> because they feel yeah. so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> well, this okay, is like I, actually I'm like threatening. super I feel targeted. Super... <laughs> well, yeah, like this is <laughs> uh re Reagan. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I again will just say like I I do get it. Uh, <laughs> I, valid sometimes. I think I'm sorry, we should have let you speak first. That's okay. I think he I is super hot, uh, and I the the seiyu and the underdog factor, and the fact that like I am fascinated kind of by his sort of position re like the morality spectrum of the show. All that stuff, like, and then sometimes they just make him so pretty, like he's yeah, so pretty when he's like sprinkling salt on people, <laughs> or like massaging them. Like, there's a, that scene in episode two that you put in the original shout out 
is like a gif I've watched hundreds of times. <laughs> yes. So <Yeah>. good. <laughs> I'd say I agree for the most part, but I also kind of <laughs> look at him and he's to me the epitome of like, I get it, but like, oh, sweetheart, you could do so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm always it's either like, it's either was, him or Griffith. Was... It's my choices. <laughs> oh Christ! Another character who has been voiced by Takahiro Sakurai. Yes. Yeah. Real Jesus. I don't want to think about yep. that. I think the Sakurai factor is like one of the highest that, that people don't pay atten- enough attention to. Personally. Yeah. I mean, that would be your take. Yeah, you're right. Um. Well, just since we broached the topic, I mean, I'll I'll save the stuff. I guess that we didn't didn't get to touch on like i think like the mogami stuff i think is so fucking yeah and fantastic and Mm -hmm. we should in a just an ideal world treat it thoroughly but uh just the psychic power stuff like just two quick other points like i think that there are there's like so many ways you could read it and i i think the great thing about that is that none of them i don't feel like any of these readings are mutually exclusive like you can kind of uh, think that at one point in the show, this sort of allegory is more emphasized and this other one is de-emphasized and then that sort of will change uh, fluidly throughout the show. Like I think a uh, related one, but I think distinct from what you said about emotions uh, that, that I took away from it is that psychic powers are this kind of expression of your identity, like mm. very holistic unrepressed identity that young people are discovering and also creating um Mm -hmm. for themselves and i think like if you see it that way i think it can be really powerful because mob in the beginning in season one he feels like he can't and shouldn't fully be himself he should Mm -hmm. not let all of this stuff out completely because of all these different reasons right like subomi embarrasses him mm-hmm. and says like yeah. your powers are weird um reagan is very much like don't do it it's gonna hurt other people don't mm-hmm. hurt he, like really plays that up like you have ritsu is just resentful of him for it and he knows ritsu is so kind of afraid of who he is but like it's it's so great because he like learns like as the show goes on like he realizes that that being fully himself and like embracing his unique identity it can like touch other people's lives like with emmy in the first episode um yeah that moment where he puts together her manuscript again is is really magical and and then he he realizes that doing that could save people like he's able to save suzuki he's able to save the young girl that mogami possessed i forget her name and those are things that i think that he was not like he didn't believe in the first season he was very mm-hmm. repressive about his his powers. And so if you kind of see them as personal identity uh, and self-expression, uh, mm-hmm. and you, you can read them into like Ritsu and Mogami as well. Like Ritsu awakens to himself as he allows himself to express these really negative emotions and really inhabit them. Like he'd gotten tired of himself. He'd gotten tired of, again, the super um, ideal honor student role that he felt like he'd been given. And so he really awakens to his psychic powers because he throws that away and eventually like he goes on to reveal like he he wasn't even jealous of Mob's power that he wanted to like authentically devote himself to something completely. Yeah, I think that that could be an interesting way that you could read the show at times 
And then you could also like this final point, I think you could apply to in a general sense to a lot of the show. Like you could read psychic powers as like, you, you know, we see a lot of young people that have psychic powers um, there are some adults, but I think, I mean, the show is mostly concerned with with kids that have them. And um, in the second season, there are many more adults. But but you could kind of read psychic powers at times as being this expression of like this unbridled potential that young people have. Like mm-hmm. it's a power that they're born with, and they it's like what could it do? You can't even imagine, right? It could just change the whole world and reshape reality. And like I think. There is really potential in young people in our world, like to do that. But like kids also are fragile. They're also vulnerable. They also get tricked by like cults, like Dimple's cult, get pulled into places like Claw by like these, and all their energy is unfortunately like misdirected, right? Like to these shitty ends that old people already in power, like wanting to keep themselves in power, have. Um, especially in season one, I think you could maybe see like this is what psychic powers um kind of are in in a sense and yeah i think that there's like again a lot of like non sort of mutually exclusive ways you can look at them and i think it's really neat yeah yeah when i started outlining this pod i was i had some specific meanings in mind for what i was gonna have us talk about for what specific things represent but then the more i tried to put it together the more i was like it's not just one thing yeah (laughs) it's a lot of things and that's that's like a mark of great fiction, I think, is that like absolutely. it's not hyper specific in that, OK, you have mm-hmm. to absolutely read this one thing into it and you're absolutely wrong. Otherwise, I mean, I think that's silly anyway, regardless. But like just that there's all this room for valid and interesting and impactful and meaningful mm-hmm. interpretation. And then the same like sentiment reaches a lot of different types of people who like are more impacted by a certain way that stuff is told. Yes. Yes. And that is one of those things that helps make it like Mm -hmm. for, you know, many like more people. Mm Kind of like the, the storytelling style, how it's like so visually awesome to watch and, but also like a great story so that people who are more impacted by either of those can still like really, really be like really feel the message of the anime. I man, there's so many things you're right about us not even getting to Mogami stuff. I'm yeah. wondering if we could just do like a little short some other time. Yeah. Just record a little those episodes. A little bonus return to <laughs> some <cool laughs> symbolism. I could try like, to make I could it do short. a whole pot on the umbrella. <laughs> yeah. The umbrella. Um yeah, there's just so much stuff that I didn't even get to talk about. Mm-hmm. I think Almost, it's okay to yeah, make you might have to... with not getting to everything i think that's yeah. just like almost, kind of the nature of stuff almost like we tried to do one short podcast about 24 episode series yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. right <laughs> um speaking of reagan <laughs> speaking of reagan we did get another twitter question that says it's from at garrow the hero it says if reagan gave up psychic work what profession do you think he would have chosen next i do think massage therapist yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think he I think should on a natural choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so we do get a glimpse of the job that he worked before he decided to become oh, a, a yeah. psychic, though, right? Yeah. He was working it was, in like an office job. It looked like a call center. It was for like a sales. call center yeah. for selling water dispensers to yeah. other offices, which is the most depressing thing I've ever. Yeah. You know how like people uh, delineate 
Lupin the Third according to what jacket he's wearing. Well, that's green tie Reagan in the, yeah. the office. Yeah. That's right. that's before true. he becomes pink tie Reagan. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love how he, like, if he was working a call center, and that's what it seemed like, especially from the people around him, yeah. like, making those sales calls, it seemed like he left one con job for another one. Yeah. <laughs> and that, like, it's almost like if he wasn't tricking people into thinking he had psychic powers, he would have been doing essentially the same line of work. Yeah. Just yeah. for Such a Such a shittier, like, con, right? I mean, yeah. he's not helping <laughs> yep. anyone in the call center. Yep. It's Maybe... funny how he, like... Go ahead. Just kind of moved over one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go used car salesman. That's Yikes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he is could do it around there. <laughs> he is used car salesman adjacent. <laughs> totally. I feel like uh Reagan could be a great uh radio talk show host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he has no end he would he wouldn't even need guests. They could just put him on air for an hour. Oh my god! And he could just ramble about his, you know, oh, his lecture of the week. That'd be so good. I would good. pay a like lot the of way money he does the do next that. episode announcements. Podcaster, yeah. This is like Podcaster Reagan art. <laughs> like he could, he could do like a Fraser type thing. You know, says Reagan Arataka. I'm listening, and he could just counsel people yeah. in the way that he counseled Bob. Yeah. So basically, just he's give bad Fraser. relationship advice. <laughs> Oh, like with Subomi. <laughs> he's that's true. This is, yeah. yeah, this is this is bordering. This is really bordering on him just being Frazier at this point. <laughs> and I don't like it. All right, last Twitter questions. Um, we got a couple of them from Rudy at Robot Twitter. He says, "Do you think that Mob Psycho 100 is different in the way that coming of age stories are typically told in anime? I'd like to hope it's a good kind of different. Definitely less sexual or romantic." F- focused yeah because like i think so like mob has a crush but like there's no arc where he gets together with yeah her, with with anyone yeah really. mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's no like rival love interest yeah <laughs> i also think mob's age is young enough to where you have plausible deniability about like he ha- he probably hasn't gone through puberty yet yeah yeah uh, at least is like just on the verge of it mm-hmm. depending on where he is in middle school i was always uh uh under the impression that he was like like maybe fairly early on in his middle school career when the Mm -hmm. show started Mm -hmm. second year i think yeah that makes sense the worst one so yeah yuck yeah absolutely i don't know what do y'all think i i I don't know if i'm necessarily equipped to answer this question i think that there are a lot of different kinds of coming of age stories in anime it's tough for me to be like you know oh this is totally different or this is totally the same Mm -hmm. because maybe as far as school life ones yeah, because there's, like, ones that I think people consider archetypical, but you have, like, Mitsu Adachi ones that are incredible and really different and are romantic, but mm. also very good. I don't know. I mean, it's, like we said, it's, you know, if you want to stick with, like, the shonen demographic, it, it has, like, a lot more depth than a lot of shonen battle stories that try to do come-of-age do. This is a hard one for me because I think there's, like, so many different kinds of these stories in different for different demos that is kind of hard to say but i think i think there is a like like for a show with a young shonen protagonist there is kind of a a lot less of a need to focus on romantic storylines really for anyone like yeah there really are there really is no arc for anyone like (laughs) not even reagan at all it is kind of refreshing it's just like they are just busy doing other things (laughs) 
I always feel like coming of age is maybe not even necessarily like I, I think the maybe like one of the only anime I've ever seen that I feel like really truly deals with coming of age in the sense that like we in the West are used to it as uh, fully coolly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I think it's like coming show. of age stories, it's weird because I feel like coming of age stories in the West are like whenever I think of a coming of age story, I always think of like the the stuff that like I think. Uh, a lot of shows over here like to make fun of it was like Baba O'Reilly playing in the background as like the 30 year old version of the narrator is narrating his young life a la the wonder years uh-huh. uh, and like encompassing like all parts of childhood because it's almost always like a, run- a a long movie or like a long running TV show or something whereas I feel like anime is a little bit is usually a little bit more granular than that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah. like I, I can't remember like there's not a whole lot of anime out there that i've seen that really truly tackle stuff like puberty without like couching yeah. it like even fully coolly it like definitely deals with puberty but it couches it in like such a ridiculous level of metaphor that like mm-hmm. I, I certainly having gone through puberty while i was watching that show did not realize that it was about puberty until i was much older mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and I don't know. Like, I don't know if I would even call Mob really a coming of age story because most of the evolution he does as a character is not a result of age increasing. It's a result of like a concerted effort on his part to improve himself and his morals. So, like, yeah, I would hesitate to even call it a coming of age story. It's he's like he's not done being a child at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I also, like, you know, just to factor into my original point, like, yeah, I don't think that, I think anime is, like, usually pretty granular when it comes to what we would consider, like, a coming-of-age story. Like, you know, you take something like Toradora, which, like, I think could be, some people could consider a coming-of-age story, although probably, like, in the latter half, like, it's, you know, it's 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 almost entirely a romantic comedy-ish yeah. type thing. Or Fruits Basket would be another example of of Mm -hmm. you know there's there's elements of coming of age in that story but uh certainly most of it has happened before the show started Mm -hmm. yeah uh but you know it's like you know there's a million and one different examples i could point to but like you know i i don't feel like coming of age is necessarily like a a great label Mm. for mob he does grow up in is, some like key ways. He does. I think yeah. I just I don't know if coming of age yeah. is the reason why he grows up. It is kind of a little bit genre dodging that way though. Yeah, like I feel like the growing up that happens is like manual growing up as opposed to <laughs> automatic growing up. Mm-hmm. We got uh two more small ones. So uh oh here's a good one. Which character would you like to see more of? Is there an underrated side character you think deserves more screen time? Sarazawa. Onigawara. Oh, I yep. think Mark you're right. You yep. should get more of him. But I'm with K I, would I also take an really Onigawara like spin off. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna see like another uh a few slice of life episodes of uh <laughs> Reagan's office with Sarazawa and everybody yeah. just uh there is a Reagan <laughs> spin off. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Is it yeah, after season two or is it between the seasons? Uh, well, okay. So there's the Reagan OVA, which is technically just a creative way for them to recap season one to get people on board season two mm-hmm. uh, with some new footage. But there is a Reagan, like full on Reagan spinoff manga that I don't know anything about other than the fact that it exists. Thus spake Reagan Arakata. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Uh, wow. Uh, so I, 
I definitely would love to see more Reagan. Can't get enough of Reagan. Um, <laughs> he's great. Definitely an underrated side character. <laughs> it told, yeah, I mean, why do people hate him? I like are, are also like I, I get the biggest kick out of Ekubo. Like I love Dimple a lot. Yeah, he is so fun. <laughs> like just following him around would be fun. I think the underrated side characters for me that I'd like more done with are the ladies. I mean, Zubomi and Mizato. Yeah, like, I agree. Love mm-hmm. to see more of them. They're they're really fascinating, and there's a lot there. Uh, they just don't get the screen time that uh, that the others get. Yeah, mm-hmm. if yes. I, if I had to say one complaint about Mob Psycho, it'd be more girls. Yeah, yeah. There's not really any that are plot significant. Yeah, I'm, yeah. There's not really any that are like super worth mentioning if we're yeah. talking about just like an overarching. There's two in the seventh you know. subdivision, um, but again, they don't. The, they're not yeah. like given a ton of screen time. You know, the yeah. one gets her fight mm-hmm. with Mob. The other has her fight with Mob off screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then runs crying to the one yes. that gets beaten later. Yes, yeah. yeah. She kind of also has her like fight off screen a little bit. Yeah, I just yeah. am remembering. Yeah, that's... yeah. I like all the female characters that are there. I just wish there were more, or we got to see more of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the last one, last Twitter question says, um, "If you were an Esper, what specialty do you think you would have? <laughs> Plant powers, telekinesis, <laughs> mind reading." <laughs> I don't want mind reading. That's, no. that sounds awful. Yeah. Yikes. No, I'm I'm reading a uh, Haruki Murakami book called uh, Dance, 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 and uh, there's a psychic in that, and she can uh, not exactly, well, I kind of vaguely mind read, more like really intensely feel people's emotions and and kind mm. of visualize their thoughts, and it really takes a toll on her. So much so that she has to like become kind of an asshole and close herself off a lot of the time <laughs> or she'll just be in pain. So no mind reading for me. I feel like I would say telekinesis, but then I feel like I would like very quickly become basically like Duke Harkonnen from Dune and just like never walk anywhere and just float. <laughs> oh man, Always. that would rule. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's no. like if you had force powers, you would never walk across the room to grab stuff. I want... I want yeah. the teleportation one actually. That's nice. Oh my god, <laughs> so cool. <laughs> god, it was cool. Uh, I love how they animate that. I think my real answer though is probably pyrokinesis. I always thought that All was right, super yeah. cool. Yeah. Psychic power that's not necessarily limited to mob, uh, but mm. I think it is absolutely the coolest power that is used in mob because like uh, the whole fight between uh the fire dude from the seventh division yeah. and Teruki is probably mm-hmm. my favorite fight in the entire show. It looks Just the way incredible. it looks incredible. Absolutely it insane. I, the teleportation is the one I'm feeling yep. pretty strong about. Yeah. Also, I she, I want. like, did so anyone cool. else just get so mad at Shibazaki? Like, like he, like the way to just kill everyone is to grab them and teleport into the air and drop them. And he like did yep. it once with Teru, but then he kicked them into a bill. I'm like, no, no, you had. He was dead, and you you, you saved him by kicking him. To, okay, transport them to like the very bottom of the ocean for like a split second, and then teleport out. Yeah, <laughs> like or anything. Yeah, teleport them onto the top of Mount Everest, and then teleport them, and then teleport away. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it really There's didn't so explain many... like how far it ranged. So potentially, yeah. Could yeah. 
I really I laughed a lot at his, the scene where he uh like sort of realizes what he's actually up against with mob and is just like nope i'm done yeah fuck this yeah <laughs> like bye see bye. ya when he said like oh i wasn't in it for world domination i was just having fun and i was like yeah. you had fun hurting people you're like that's die. such a that's such a specific like shonen anime trope yeah. like the person yeah. who's like in it for fun and the fun they mean is like killing Chaos, people or right, hurting yeah. people or yeah. torturing people or whatever but they never take it so far as just them getting defeated and just being like, ah, you know, I don't want to get beaten up anymore, so <laughs> fuck this, and then just they're gone forever. <laughs> that's like we never see him again. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, nope, never. That's it. <laughs> He's done. Well, 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 well. <laughs> For our final thoughts on Mob Psycho, who would you recommend the show to? Almost everyone, basically. Basically. I would probably couch this as like a lower tier, like intermediate show. Um, I don't know if this is the first anime I would tell somebody to watch. Yeah, um, I agree. But maybe like the fifth. Hmm. I think it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty meaty. I also mm-hmm. do think that there are some certain aspects of Japanese culture that maybe you have to be indoctrinated to a bit before you get to this one. They would help um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's always the thing I'm most conscious with recommending anime to people too. Is like, what is most universal? And I do think that there are certain things that you kind of would have to get used to before getting to Mob. But it's not, you know, it's not some high. It's not like Rakugo where I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. should be like the hundredth show <laughs> you watch. That's like an eleven on the scale of one to ten. Yeah, yeah. Like as much as I like that show, it is for somebody that doesn't watch anime and doesn't know anything about Japan yeah. fucking impenetrable. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this is I think fine once you've watched a few. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as anime fans go, I think I'd recommend it to anybody except yeah. maybe with the exception of young people, really very young, young children, yeah. yeah. Like kids, yeah. yeah. Not a show Just I let my children brutal watch. It gets sometimes. Mm. No. Yeah. It's uh, just a good show. Yeah. I I would echo what people are saying that I think most seasoned anime fans, like if, I mean, unless, I don't know, you just hate psychics or fighting, like, at all, then <laughs> or maybe. Or ghosts. Or yeah. milk. Or milk. Well, uh, I don't really like milk, and you're lactose intolerant. You still like true. the show. I I will say I guess... that uh, this is another thing that, that I really appreciate that the show does, is that uh, shows that deal with uh, spirits that are set in Japan very often get off on like crazy tangents about yokai yeah. and very often assume a level of knowledge of like the common yokai that uh, may be, <laughs> you know, easy to assume in Japan, but for international viewers is uh, completely unreasonable. And I don't yeah. think that that is I, like, I'm not expecting shows to hold back on their, Mm-hmm. Japanese folklore because a I love it because I do understand it but b you know these are shows made in Japan for primarily Japanese yeah. audiences mm-hmm. um but I do really appreciate that like the only thing they ever deal with in mob is quote unquote evil spirits which yeah. it is still like a fundamentally I think Japanese like understanding of like spirits and ghosts because mm-hmm. like a lot of the ones that they fight in that show are like very specific you know like specifically lifted from japanese folklore and like shinto and all that but they don't ever get like bogged down in like 
yokai and like what the fuck is the difference between a yokai and a spirit and a ghost and like that's like the thing that like you know yokai sit in this weird middle ground between monsters and ghosts and spirits and Mm -hmm. like elementals yes that are is so hard to parse if it's not explained in a very specific way uh that i'm really glad they never got into until literally the last what five minutes of the last episode of the first season where they hunt Tsuchinoko? Yeah. yeah, and even yeah. that's more cryptid. I think this but. like for a certain kind of person, I think this could be like their first or one of their first anime. Like mm-hmm. it could be if you yeah. like watch a lot of Netflix animations. I don't. I just don't like. And I honestly lot, like. Like I, I think wouldn't. You could get into. I it. wouldn't do it only because I'm like. It's gonna be mostly downhill from here, my dear. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Let them enjoy having something like, good to sorry. look forward to. <laughs> Especially if like you're recommending mostly modern anime to them, it's just like, uh, like you're not gonna find basically anything else like this. Yeah. And especially yeah. if they like really like it, I'd feel terrible. Like I'd feel like I just want to work somebody up to it, only to not give them unrealistic expectations <laughs> for what TV anime is. That's fair. All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode, at least. Do you guys want to um, plug your projects? Yeah. Where can people find you? Where can they find you on the online? If you want them to find you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine's real short. Uh, you can just go to onoanime.moe or onoanime.com. We've got all the links to basically everything I do uh, <laughs> on the front page. That's it. So I'm on Twitter at the subtle doctor. No caps, no spaces. Um, uh, like I mentioned, I do an anime uh, podcast and YouTube thing called uh, Watery Desho. W A R U I D E S H O U. It'll be in the show notes. But like, if you Google that, and then Twitter or YouTube or SoundCloud, um, you can find our stuff uh, in all those places. I also recently started to do a wrestling podcast uh called grapplicious uh if you google that grapple and then uh, i-c-i-o-u-s and uh you can find that that's a fun little thing i'm doing with my friend david uh and so yeah that's where you can find me in the online and as always you can find us at anime is lit pod on twitter and uh if you want to Ask us questions, send us an email, animeislitpod at gmail.com. Take care of yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I know we have we have been on hiatus for a while, but we have a lot of episodes planned and we're we're back now. <laughs> so expect a lot more animes lit episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess you could say I'm back. <laughs> John Wick of podcasting. <laughs> Can we put that on our review page that I'm going to build? Absolutely. Put it All on right. your album art for the podcast. <laughs> the John... Like just put it as like a like a box quote and then yeah. credit it to me. Excellent. All right. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us on this great episode. And thank you to both you and Mark Mark. Sorry, it's late. <laughs> Thank it's you, late. Mark and Sam, for joining us on this episode. I'll, I'll answer. We just to you. hit the five-hour mark on uh, recording for this, so it's a bit late. Yeah. <laughs> it's even later for but you too. Still not the longest one. Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, I'm going to enjoy editing this one. <laughs> uh, well, I am so grateful to be a part of it. Thanks for asking me to be on. Um, I love yeah. your podcast. It always has. So I, again, it's a pure pleasure. Yeah. 
and uh, I, I think we were able to to do justice to uh, the great anime, and uh, I had a real Hopefully. a really good time doing this with y'all. I always do. I had a great time too. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, and Heck it's yeah. always amazing to get to talk to y'all. And mm-hmm. uh, Mob Psycho 100 is one of the greatest anime ever made. So yep, of all time, I'm completely comfortable saying that. Embrace it. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Take care of yourselves. <laughs> Bye. 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 この世界の片隅で今を生きる僕らは涙を越えて光の差し込め